0: Well, we are uh, in a brief series called Unleash, and uh, the whole idea is, you know, to to let something go in your life, to unleash it, to let it it go in your life, and last week we uh, talked about unleashing the word in your life, and today we're going to talk about unleashing uh, the name of Jesus uh, in your life. And in uh, preparing for uh, today, I thought, well, okay, unleash the name. Names are kind of cool. I thought, geez, I wonder what my name means. I never done that before, kind of figured out what what does Robert mean. So I did a little Google thing, you know, and figured it out. And here's what I came up with. I found out Robert is uh, Germanic, uh, um, high German. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that in German. Some of you probably can uh, for me, but I can't. But I found out it means bright with glory. Kind of like that. That feels kind of good, huh? I mean, I don't think it's talking about the glare from my, you know... Head up here with the lights. I mean, it is bright with glory. I kind of like that. It fits. It's good. I, feel, I mean, it feels kind of good, you know. And then, you know, I dug a little further into it, and I and I found some other folks with that name, Robert, you know. And I found Robert the Duke of Normandy, and he was called Robert the Magnificent. Well, that feels pretty good. I like that one, don't you? I mean, that, if you're a Robert out there, you're just kind of sitting up taller right now, aren't you? Kind of feels good. I found Robert the Magnificent. He was father of William the Conqueror. I figure putting some pressure on the kids now, feeling good about that. So, you know, I kind of looked at that name, and I said, wow, that is really cool. I like that. I feel good about that. It's fantastic. But, you know, God is so good at, at keeping us in the right place, because then I went and did a search on my last name. Yeah, here's what my last name means. <laughs> kind of bitter about that, you know. Yeah. Well, today we're, we're going to talk about not, not, you know, your birth name, but, but what I want to talk to you today about is unleashing the name that God puts on you. And this is really important uh, because if you can just get this morning what we're talking about and, and put this into your daily life, you can just start practicing to, to unleash this name. Uh, your preferred future that God has in store for you is going to become so much clearer for you. Uh, let's look at what we're talking about. F- first, it's to understand that that in the Bible, names are really important because names generate identity. They, they generate identity. It, it, it helps you understand who you are. You know, I mean, it'd be, be easy for me to walk around now and talk to people and say, well, wait a minute, remember, you're talking to Robert the Magnificent here. You know, names generate identity. Identity, right? And, and we can see it right away in, in Genesis, in, uh, in, uh, Genesis uh, 17 there uh, when God is with uh, Abraham. And Abraham is 99 years old and the Lord comes to him and he decides to change his name. And you figure, wow, it's worked for him for, for 99 years. You know, Abram has been a good name for 99 years. What's up with changing his name now? If, if you get in the text so you can see what happens... It says, Abram's 99 years old. The Lord appears to him again and says, listen, I am God all-powerful. If you obey me and always do right, I will keep my solemn promise to you and give you more descendants than can can be counted. Abram bowed his face uh, to the ground, and God said, I promise. I promise that you will be the father of many nations. So God has made this promise over Abram's life. God comes to him again and says, Abram, listen, I have made this promise. And my promises are always sure. And so look what he does. That's why I now change your name from Abram to Abraham. I will give you a lot of descendants. And in the future, they will become great nations. Some of them will even be kings. Now, what's interesting is he he changes not just the name of Abram. To Abraham, but he also changes the name of Sarai, Abraham's wife. He changes her name from Sarai to Sarah, right? He says, Abraham, your wife's name will now be Sarah instead of Sarai. I will bless her, and you will have a son by her. She will become the mother of nations. Some of her descendants will even be kings. What's going on? Now, remember, how old was Abraham? 99. Remember that? Just a slide ago. Come on. Uh, Abraham was 99 years old, okay? That means Sarah is right there too, right? What's going on? They're 99 years old. And God has spoken spoken a promise over their life and said, Abraham, you're going to be the father of nations. And and Sarah, you are going to bear a son. You're going to be the mother of kings. Did I mention they were 99 years old? You see, what's happening when they hear this, they hear this and both of them begin to laugh. They begin to laugh. Why? Because they know themselves as Abram and Sarai. They know themselves as Abram and Sarai, and they say, really? We're 99 years old, and you're telling me we're still, really? 99 years old, and we're still going to have a child. But God renames them because he wants them to understand who they are in his promise. He renames them. So that every time now when somebody calls them by name and says, Abraham, good to see you, Sarah, awesome to see you, how's it going? They hear that name and what are they reminded of? Their identity in the promises. Their identity in the promises. No more laughing about it. No more doubting it. You see, they may not be able to see it, but God already sees the preferred future that he has for them. And so he changes their name to say, Listen, don't concentrate on who you were, concentrate on who I've made you. The identity in the name is the identity of what God's going to do in their life. With me? Pretty cool. Abraham was just Abram, and his name meant high exalted father. Abraham means father of a multitude. Sarai was my princess. Nice deal. But Sarah means mother of nations. Can you imagine Sarah? Imagine Sarah. For, for so long now, she has just been Sarah. And, and, everybody's, and that's a nice name, and it's like little princess. It's cool. That's great. But in her culture, in her culture, the biggest, most important task a woman had to do in life was to bear a son. That was it. And for 99 years it hadn't happened every time she heard her name she said yes sarai the worthless one yes sarai the one who can't accomplish the single most important thing i'm here to do can you imagine the number of days that sarah sarai heard her name and thought of herself as absolutely inadequate and worthless But God renames her. God renames her in in his promise and says, no, 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 no. That's who you were. This is who you are. You are the mother of nations, and you're going to be the mother of kings. You see, God already sees her preferred future. Sarah has to receive the identity and believe it. Paul talks about this. He talks about it in Romans 4, the challenge of this in our life. Is, is seeing and receiving what God's preferred future is for us, wanting to get stuck back here in, in what we see of ourselves, right? He says it this way, As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He's talking about Abraham. He was appointed our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and, now here's the important part, speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. Do you see what's happening? He changes their name. Why? Because for God, it's already done. For God, his promise is already spoken. It's a done deal. For God, he can call him Abraham because he knows what Abraham's preferred future is. For God, he can call her Sarah because he knows she is going to bear a son and she is going to be the mother of kings, even though it hasn't happened yet this is the challenge for us the challenge for us is what name do you see and claim when you look in the mirror when jesus came into the world god made sure he got the right name he made sure he got the right name he came to joseph through an angel in a dream and said now joseph you were hesitant about marrying this girl Mary, don't don't stand back don't be head. go ahead and marry her because the child is of the holy spirit And it's a good deal. Take her to be your wife. And by the way, here's your best and most important task. Make sure he gets the right name. Make sure he gets the right name. It's in the text. She will bear a son. And you, Joseph, you shall call his name Jesus from the Greek form of the Hebrew Joshua, which means Savior. For he will save his people from their sins. That is, prevent them from failing and missing the true end and scope of life, which is God. What's happening? God wants to make sure that Jesus gets the right name because his name is his identity. It's what the promise says he will do. God wants to make sure tomorrow morning when you wake up and you look in the mirror, you claim the right name. You claim the right name. In 1 Peter, it says, if you believe in Christ, if you've surrendered to the power of Christ, this is your name. But if you suffer because you're a Christian, do not be ashamed. Praise God. Because why? That's your name. That's your name. You see, when you look in the mirror tomorrow, when you look in the mirror the rest of your life, if you have surrendered to Christ, you don't look in the mirror and say, oh yeah, that's me, worthless one. No, you belong to Christ. You don't look in the mirror and see all your faults and all your failures and every mistake you've made over your life and say, oh, yeah, that's that's me, the mess up. No. You belong to Christ. You bear the name of Christ. Never underestimate the power of bearing the name of Christ. That's who He claims you as. That's His preferred future for you. That's what He calls you. That's what He names you. It says, you don't belong to yourselves, but to God. You've been bought with a price, so use your bodies to the glory of God. You've been called a Christ follower. You bear his name. Don't be Sarai anymore. Be Sarah. Don't be Abram anymore. Be Abraham. You see, that's the deal for us. If we're going to unleash the name, if we're going to unleash the name of Jesus in our life, it means we claim the name for ourselves. That's who we are. We are Christ followers. That's who we are. And it means we have a new identity because God already knows the preferred future that He's got for your life. In whatever circumstance you're in and whatever is going on, He has already named you in Christ. And He knows the promise He's spoken over your life. And that is your preferred future. How cool is that? You want to unleash something in your life? When you get up tomorrow morning and you look in that mirror, you name yourself. Don't settle for just Robert the Magnificent. You name yourself Robert, the one for whom Jesus Christ gave up his life so that my life could be more than I dream or imagine. That is awesome stuff. It gets better. I know, it's unbelievable. It gets better. It gets better. If we take this serious, we start unleashing that now in our life. And we say, yeah, oh, okay, we start unleashing that life. We're going to now start unleashing the name of Jesus. We're going to start unleashing the name of Jesus. If you unleash the name of Jesus into your life, Scripture says you're going to start naming him and unleashing him into the circumstances of your life, into the, into the day-to-day, into the moment-to-moment, into the breath and the, uh, the breath right? You're going to start naming him into your experiences. And when you do that, you're going to start naming his presence into every circumstance. Let me show you in, in uh, Exodus 3 how that happened in Moses' life. Uh, you probably remember the story of Moses, right? He, he flees Egypt. He's out in the desert watching sheep. God comes along with this great burning bush thing and says, "Moses, you're going back to Egypt. You're going to free my people." They have a little dialogue about that because Moses says, "Well, well wait a minute. I'm kind of looking in the mirror and seeing the old Mo." And God's saying, "No, there's a new Mo, right? Uh, not Elmo. A new Mo. Right? And uh, you got to go down there." And so finally, they have the tete-a-tete, and, and Moses says, "Well, who am I to go to the king and lead your people out of Egypt?" God replied, "Listen, I'll be with you." And you will know that I am the one who sent you when you worship me on this mountain after you have led my people out of Egypt. Did you just see what God did there? God just told Moses what his preferred future that was already determined. Just what we talked about. God told him, Listen, this is what this this is what you're gonna do, this is who you are. Here's the preferred future. It's already there. It's already there. How can we know this happens? Moses answers and says, Listen, I will tell the people of Israel that, that the God of their ancestors' worships has sent me to them, but what should I say if they ask me your name? God said to Moses, I am the eternal God, so tell them that the Lord whose name, who, whose name is I Am has sent you. This is my name forever. It is the name that people must use from now on. What, what do you just say? When you name his name, you name his presence. When you name his name, you name his presence. You see, we we think about this theologically. We say, oh, well, everybody knows. Everybody understands. God is God, all-powerful, and God is present everywhere. We all know that, right? I mean, okay, God is God, and God is present everywhere. Yes, he is, absolutely. But when you unleash his name, You unleash his presence into the circumstance, into the situation. When you start naming the name of Jesus over your situation and over your circumstances, you are saying, Lord, you need to be present here. Not just everywhere. You need to be present in this situation. Now, what's interesting, we see in Matthew 14, Jesus acknowledges the same reality. Okay? He's Out there walking on water, you know, doing a Jesus thing, right? He's out there walking on the water, and the disciples see him, and they think he's a ghost, and they're terrified, and they start screaming. Look at verse 27. At once, Jesus said to them, Don't worry. I am Jesus. Why didn't they have to worry? Because I am. I am this situation. I am present, and I am Jesus. You don't have to be afraid. You see, when you unleash the name, you start unleashing not just a a magic word, a magic incantation, not at all. What you're unleashing is the presence of Jesus, the presence of God in the situation. You're, you're, You're relinquishing this thing and saying, listen, Jesus, it's yours. Be present. Now, what you have to understand is when you relinquish the name and you unleash the name, you're relinquishing the circumstance To his purpose. This is the hard part for us. We like to name the name of Jesus and get what we want. Doesn't work that way. We gotta name the name of Jesus, unleash it into the circumstance, get his presence into the circumstance, and let it go for his purpose. Let me show you how that is. John 16. uh, We love John 16 in these verses, especially the early part, it says, when the time Jesus is talking, he says. When that time comes, you won't have to ask me about anything. I tell you for certain that the Father will give you whatever you ask for in my name. Isn't that kind of nice? We'd like to stop right there, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, that's better than Santa Claus. Just ask as long as I ask. He just said he's got to give me whatever I ask. Got to keep reading. Darn it. 24. You have not asked for anything in this way before. In this way? In this way? Apparently there's a different way to ask. He's changing the way we ask. In this way. But now you must ask in my name. Oh, the key is we're asking in a different way now. We're not asking just about us in our name. We're asking about him in his name. We're asking about him in his presence in the situation. You see a difference happening? We're now saying, listen, Lord, we need your presence in this situation. We're going to name your name into our circumstance. And we know when we do that, we're no longer asking for ourselves. We're asking for you, whatever you want. I used to have examples. I talk plainly now. Look at uh, towards the end. It says, but the time will come. I'll speak plainly. And you'll all need examples. 26. You will ask the Father in my name. And I won't have to ask him for you. What was going on before? Jesus was asking for them. What's different? Now they're going to be asking for him. A whole change. You see the change? Now it's about when we ask, we get his presence. If we get his presence, it's about his purpose. He's present in the situation and he's working but he's always going to work for his purpose. Let's get it clear. 1 John says, And this is the boldness we have in God's presence, that if we ask God for anything that agrees with what he wants, he hears us. If we know he hears us every time we ask him, we know we have, we have what we ask for in him. Do you see the difference? Do you see that phrase up there? If we ask God for anything that agrees What? with what he wants see a difference that's asking in his name that's unleashing his name you see we unleash his name because we understand we bear that name and when we bear that name we can claim that name unleash that name and say jesus be present in this circumstance not just everywhere be present in this circumstance and do what you want do what you want lord it's not about us We are totally surrendered. We just say, Lord, we're going to unleash your name into this and you just do what you want. Whatever is according to your purpose. That's what it needs to be about. If you go to Acts 4, Peter and John, uh, they have just healed this guy, this lame guy. They just healed him in the name of Jesus. You know, don't have silver or gold to give you what I have. Name of Jesus, be healed, right? The Sanhedrin people, the Jews... When they hear about that, they drag him in front of them, and then they try to stop them from naming the name of Jesus. Now, you need to get if If you do this unleashing that we're talking about, I told you this last week, the evil one isn't going to want you to do this, right? So right away, they tried to stop them and said, now listen. To keep this thing from, from spreading, we warn you that never again are you to speak to anyone about the name of Jesus. So they called the two apostles back and they told them they must never, 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 for any reason at all, teach anything about the name of Jesus. Why are they telling him that? Because the evil one is scared of you doing this. He's scared. He is trembling right now this morning because we're talking about the the reality of unleashing Jesus' name in our life. He's scared. Because he knows the purposes God has for you. He already knows. He knows the preferred future that God has for you. And so the evil one wants you to ignore this this morning. He wants you to not take this seriously. He wants you to just walk out of here and say, wasn't it great music this morning? It is great music this morning. But you need to take serious what it means for you to bear the name and unleash the name and the presence and say, It's all about what God wants to do. How can we do that? Because we're Abram. We're Sarah. We believe in God's preferred future for us. That's what we believe. Whatever God wants, that's the best thing that could possibly have. Whatever God desires, that's the best thing we could ever hope for. And so we can bear the name and we can unleash the presence and we can say it's all about His purpose and we can just let go and surrender to His power. That's what we do. We say, listen, Lord, it's for you and whatever you want. Just whatever you need to do, make it happen. Do it. Let me give you an example. This is a great example. You grew up with this story probably if you're a Christ follower in your family there from 1 Samuel 17, the story of David and Goliath. Anybody heard the story? Yeah, shake your head. There you go. Thank you. You're still with me. Okay, yeah, David and Goliath, great story kind of thing. But Now, this story captures this moment we're going to talk about captures everything we've been talking about this morning, okay? What happens? David goes to bring some bread and cheese to the bros. He goes and he sees what's going on, how the whole people, army of Israel, is being humiliated. And he claims the name. He claims the name and says, wait a minute, we're God's people. What is going on here? I'll go fight the guy. Why? Because I know who I am in Christ. I know who I am in God. I am one of God's soldiers. You see, David is ready to step into the role because he understands. He claims the name, right? Then he says, he goes out and he goes and he faces Goliath. Now look what he says. You've come out to fight me with a sword and a spear and a dagger. But I've come out to fight you in the name of the Lord, all powerful. What just happened? He just was comparing weapons, right? Okay, Goliath, big guy. Okay, big guy, Goliath, here's what you got. You got a sword, you got a spear, and you got a dagger. Pretty impressive, big guy. But here's what I got. Here's what I got. I got the name of the Lord, O Powerful. You choose which you want in your quiver here. You see, he's got the name. And he's ready to unleash the name. David knows who he is, and he's ready to unleash the name. And, and he goes on. And he says, he is the God of Israel's army, and you've insulted him too. Today, into this circumstance, the Lord will help me defeat you. Who's going to be present in the circumstance? See it? He's going to, David, I'm going to... I got the name. I'm going to unleash the name. And when I unleash the name, it's going to be present in this situation. And it's going to work for its purposes, God's purposes. And so he can say, listen... I'm going to knock you down. I'm going to cut off your head. I'm going to feed the bodies of all those Philistine soldiers and the birds and the wild animals. And why? Because then the whole world is going to know that Israel has a real God. God is going to accomplish his purpose. He's going to do it. He's going to accomplish what his prepared, preferred future is. Is this cool? Everybody here will see that the Lord doesn't need swords or spears to save his people. What does he need? Somebody who's willing to name his name. That's what he needs. Somebody who's willing to name his name. To unleash the name. That's the invitation. Unleash the name. When you look in the mirror and you're thinking about who you are, unleash the name and say, I know exactly who I am. I am a Christian. I am a follower of Christ. Unleash the name. And say, I'm going to unleash Jesus' presence into this situation. And I'm going to unleash myself to His purpose in whatever it is. And I'm going to rely on His power and not my own. And you can do that. You can rely on His power. How can you rely on His power? Because of Philippians 2. Philippians 2 tells us the power that is at our disposal if we take this serious. He says... So God lifted Jesus up to the highest place. He gave Jesus the name that is above every name. When the name of Jesus is spoken, when you unleash the name of Jesus, when you name the name of Jesus, everybody's knee will bow to worship him. Every knee in heaven and every knee on earth and every knee under the earth will bow to worship him. And everyone's mouth will say that Jesus Christ is Lord and God the Father will receive the glory. What does it mean for you if you get serious about unleashing the name? The name you bear. The name that brings his presence. The name that unleashes his purpose. And the name that unleashes his power. Name the name. Unleash the name. It's a whole lot better than saying who I am. Robert the Magnificence." doesn't compare, doesn't compare to Robert, the Christian. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the power of your name. Thank you for the incredible presence that comes with it. Thank you for the purpose you have that is greater than we could dream or imagine. And we just pray today that you would give us the will and the humility and the desire to unleash the name by surrendering completely, utterly to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray today that you'd open up that preferred future and that we could let go of all of the past and let go of all those names we've called ourselves and instead just claim the name of Christ and wear that name, believe in that name, and turn our lives over to that name. We ask it. We name Jesus. Amen.